Hi everyone, and welcome to Till It Tea Time. So today, I honestly didn't have anything planned, no interviews today, but I have a few things I'm going to talk to you about. And one of those things is going to be writer's block. Recently, I have had a bad case of writer's block, which is why I didn't do a show last week, because I like to write out my shows beforehand, just so I know what I'm going to say. This one, yeah, I did not write anything down. I'm just going to be talking to you like you're sitting right there in front of me. Um, or beside me, because I'm actually staring out a window right now. And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It's been an interesting week with work and things like that. So my writer's block has been a little tough to get over this week than normal. Normally I just have a cup of tea and that really helps. And I can just sit down and start writing. Today has not been that day. I have had lots of tea, and I still just can't get over it for some reason. So I thought maybe I will just talk to you guys. Maybe I can overcome it when I'm done with the show. Who knows? I have a book that is supposed to be coming out in August. It's probably going to get pushed till September because of writer's block. How lovely is that? But this book is actually called um, On the Banks of Swartz Creek. It's actually about one of my ancestors who uh, lived in Michigan, and he traveled on horseback to Oregon with his uncle and in search of gold. And from there, they actually went to California. They had their own claim. They built their own cabin. Um, but things didn't quite work out as they had you know, imagined. So he actually goes back to Michigan a different way that he didn't do um, horseback, he went on a boat, but not giving away too much of the story. <laughs> but it's about uh, a love story between him and, well, my many great grandmother. And it's been really fun to write this and to learn more, you know, about the man he was and the, you know, person he used to be. He went to California when he was 19. It's a big trip for someone that young on horseback. Could you imagine riding from Michigan to Oregon on horseback? <laughs> I could not imagine that. Like, oh, I can barely walk to my mailbox, which is half a mile away. Yeah, so that book will be coming out hopefully soon. I've been writing this actually for my grandpa, and he's just inspired me so much learning about my family history and stories in general. He's kind of been my inspiration for writing. He always would tell us these amazing stories as we were growing up, and he would tell stories about his childhood and maybe about you know him and his brothers getting into all sorts of mischief. And even my own dad would tell me stories about um, growing up <laughs> and the trouble he would get in with his siblings. And I know it sounds like, oh, trouble, but um, it's actually quite fun <laughs> to hear these stories, and I'm kind of surprised of how they're still alive with some of these stories. Back onto the books on the banks of Swartz Creek. Swartz Creek is actually a town in Michigan that my family back in the 1800s helped found uh, the town there, and it's still 
in existence today. It's a small town. If you've ever been, um, let me know. <laughs> I have probably went a long time ago when I was young, but I don't remember it. So I'm actually writing about a place that I haven't been to recently. And in a time period, of course, I was never in. It was, you know, 1800s. So that's always really interesting and building, I don't know, the different worlds, I guess you could say, for each story is very difficult. I like to write historical fiction, which means I like to be as accurate as possible when it comes to building the worlds that my characters are in. But sometimes I just have to use my imagination and not be a kind of a stickler for facts. There in my book, Waves of Change, I spent hours, I mean, I mean hours, going over maps and names or roads. And there came a point where I was like, you know, this one mention of one road, no one's going to remember this. <laughs> Especially since most of the roads have changed since then, you know, since then, um, I think it was you know, 1800s, early 1800s, that book was based in. So I kind of just had to get over that, you know, do I stick with every single fact has to be completely true? Or can I have a little bit of leeway there with creating something? You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the little facts that we forget to have imagination. And that, you know, is really important. It's really important to have imagination. And branch out from just, you know, facts from a page. You have to make it come to life. So that's a little <laughs> tidbit for me on, on writing and creating the worlds for your characters and um, for any writers out there. It is really difficult. Once I start a story, I, I can get through the first few chapters pretty easy. Once I get to the middle of it, I get so discouraged and I'm like, can I finish this? <laughs> Where's my character going? Like, is this even interesting? And, you know, are my characters even, do they even seem real? Sometimes I struggle with that myself. Like, are they just too much like me? Can I make them unique, each one unique? Or are they all just kind of paper cutouts, you know? One really cool thing that I do for some of my characters, I take the Maya Briggs personality test as if I were that person. And I get a different result for each character. And I write down what their results are. And then I kind of go based on that. And I really put myself out there like as far as different personalities. I personally think personalities are really interesting and I love learning about different people and how they work and why they think that way. And creating characters is exactly like that. <laughs> it's taking all these different personalities and, or, you know, different types of people and putting them into a story and they work well together or sometimes they don't. Depends if you, you know, want a villain or something, but it's really fun. I, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts is just creating these people who are unique and have these personalities and who are different from me of who I am. They kind of take, I don't know, they take over from themselves and they kind of walk off the page and they start forming and, you know, their personalities without me even 
trying once I get things going. I'm going to admit something which some people might find weird, but um, on my way to work, it's about a 20-25 minute drive on my way to work. And I sit in complete silence and I, well, I don't. I don't have music going, but I actually have conversations with my characters. Like, I ask them questions (laughs) out loud. (laughs) I'm talking to nobody in my car, just my characters, and I start asking them questions, you know, like, really simple. Like, what's your favorite color? Like, everything, every little thing that you would ask someone if you were getting to know them. But these are things that most of the readers won't ever know. But I need to know these things so I can know how they think, how they, why they do something. And that's, <laughs> that's just the part of writing that I love. I love creating these characters that someone out there who's different than me can relate to. And because we're all unique and I love the uniqueness of different people. And I like to kind of mesh that together with my characters. So, you know, characters and world building, it's, you just have to have so much imagination though. Um, You really have to kind of get over that writer's block is what they call it. I don't like that term. I just call it a break (laughs) because sometimes you need a little break from your imagination. I know this week, my imagination has been a little overactive to the point where I haven't been able to sleep. I haven't been going to sleep till almost 2 a.m. every night. I'm 11 p.m. type person, like go to bed at 11, wake up at 8. I I actually need a lot of sleep. But recently, that has not happened. <laughs> and it's been a little frustrating because I've been kind of groggy in the morning. And I'm a morning person, so I'm like, usually I'm up. I'm ready for the day. I'm like, let's go. And now I'm like, I'm just so tired. I just want to sleep. And I have these dreams that are very vivid each night, which is kind of exhausting because I'm not actually like getting the rest I feel like I need because my brain is creating stories for itself while I'm sleeping. So that's been interesting to deal with. And if you have any hints or tips of how to sleep through the night without hurting my imagination, <laughs> I just tell my imagination, calm down a little bit. It's time to sleep. Might try some chamomile tea because I will need something to sleep. And I don't do anything that's not like healthy. <laughs> For those who, who don't know, I try to take care of myself. And I guess we can kind of go into this next segment is something I've observed with writers and eating healthy and habits and things like that. I think anyone who (laughs) values, I guess, their mind and their body in a way like that's not conceited. For those who have like imagination, I'm not saying there's people who don't, but there's those who have a little bit less And those who like use it all of the time, use their minds. And, you know, if you're a brain surgeon or if you're a, you know, carpet cleaner, (laughs) we all have to, you know, use our minds. And one thing I've noticed is the food that we eat, it can have an impact on that, like on how we think and how we act and how we feel. And it's very controlling and Back in April, end of April, I went on the keto diet, the ketogenic diet is called, and 
I, you know, cut out all, pretty much all like grains and sugar. The first week was so hard. (laughs) I had a headache for like five days. I was like, this is not worth it. But I stuck to it. And I just started, you know, eating lots of fresh fruits and, well, not fruits. I didn't do too much sugar. So I did like berries and uh, lots of vegetables and some, you know, protein and lots of good fats like coconut and avocado. And after about that first week, I realized that my mind was so much sharper and I could like think of stories so much quicker and, you know, how I think. (laughs) It was very interesting. Like I felt like this cloud was lifted and so I stuck to the diet for a while and then in June, I I was like, okay, I just want to eat some bread. I just would love a milkshake. So I went and had a burger and milkshake. I felt awful and (laughs) I had the worst case, a writer's block. And for like a week and a half, I couldn't think of anything. I didn't do a podcast. I really felt like I just couldn't think. And I think there's some sort of connection there between what we eat and how we create things. And I think, you know, the Lord calls us to take care of the temple. You know, our bodies are a temple for Christ. And I really believe that we should take care of ourselves and so we can like be the best version of ourselves. I know like milkshakes are fun and, you know, lots of bread and, you know, you just don't have time to make a healthy meal. These are the things I hear all the time. But to me, it's, you know, a moment of pleasure is not worth a lifetime of consequences. You know, I'm talking about cholesterol, high cholesterol, um, blood pressure, things like that, that is affected by food that you eat. And there is a direct connection between what we eat and how we think and how we create. I really encourage those out there. I mean, I am not perfect. I have a hard time exercising. I'm, it's not my strong point. (laughs) I just encourage people out there to just, you know, change maybe a little something first. Don't go cold turkey. Don't just cut out everything at once. If you know, you don't want to. If you want to stick with it, you can slowly just remove maybe processed sugars, <laughs> things like that. And I know this is not a podcast about health and things like that, but I really do believe that our health is directly related to our creativeness. And I think one of the biggest things that writers deal with is writer's block. And I really, with my own experience, I really think it's connected to the food I eat. Um, like for instance, for dinner tonight, I had a fresh tomato cut up, a cucumber cut up, some, a few slices of sharp cheddar cheese, a few slices of like organic turkey lunch meat and some blueberries. That was my meal. (laughs) I'm full. I feel great. And it was very simple. It took me three minutes to get everything together. It was actually quicker than any like pasta dish you can make. <laughs> so for those who are like, oh, I just don't have time. And, you know, there are some things that you can do that are healthy and don't take a lot of time, but you just have to change your mindset. Like, you know, this is for not only for right now, but for the future, you know, for your creative process and how you think and how you create things. So yeah, (laughs) that was a lot. I know apparently my 
uh, writer's block is gone now because my mind is thinking of all these things I'd love to tell you guys, but I am running out of time, which is very interesting because normally I'm sitting here and like, what should I talk about? And normally I stop it a ton and I have stopped it zero times. So, which is really cool. (laughs) So for those who are in creative arts, I say creative arts, um, writers, actors, artists, and other creative avenues. What are some of the challenges that you find in your creative process? I love to hear your thoughts. You can answer that on my Facebook page or my Facebook group for Till It Tea Time. would love to hear you guys um, discuss this. If you want to be part of the Facebook group, would love to connect with other creatives out there and discuss just our creative process and how to kind of overcome some of these road. Would love to hear from you guys. Join the Facebook group. There are a few questions to answer just to make sure that you're not like a spam account or anything. But my time is up here and I did not talk about everything I wanted to, but I will leave that for next week. And if you would like to be on the podcast, feel free to go to my website. It's alyssatillit.com. And you can click on the Till It Tea Time podcast section and fill out the questionnaire. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. I really, really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. It's been kind of a huge leap of faith for me and just going out of my comfort zone and sitting in a room talking to people I don't see. I'm kind of a quiet person around other people unless I really get to know you. So kind of talking to people I have no idea who's listening is kind of intimidating to me. But I have really, really enjoyed putting out these podcasts for people and talking to, you know, other Christian creatives and just kind of taking that stuff out of the comfort zone. So I know I talked about that in several episodes before, but, you know, what is one thing that is calling you to step out of your comfort zone? Like, what is God calling you to do that is out of your comfort zone that you've been afraid to do? Just pray about it and pray about stepping out, stepping out of those comfort zones because you never know where it will lead. Well, I'm Alyssa and this is Till It Tea Time. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.